The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. Back together again here at G-Migs in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. Pretty busy down here tonight, but uh, still room for you to come on down for steak night at uh, G-Migs here in Valley Junction. And uh, I think a lot of people doing some shopping and having a good time tonight. I mean, into do, the holiday season, the decorations here. Did you say here. shopping or shots? Shopping. I said shopping. <laughs> shots could happen as well. Uh, we might save that for a little bit later on. I'm not sure that it's pretty early in the, in the uh, holiday season for you and me to be talking about that. We typically do find one show around this time where before we go on the air, we are here yeah, earlier. Yeah, well, these things happen. We, we get for a holiday it, it's, pre-party, it's right? It's called Holiday Cheer with the Hawkeye Huddle. That's right. So that it, the show takes a decidedly different spin sometimes when that happens. But, hey, it's good to, uh, I, I, you know, we had, uh, we, you had a vacation, which was great. Right. I had work last week. Which was? Which, which was, it was okay, but I have to tell you, I was so immersed in work that I literally, and I was in Arizona, so I was off on time. I got done with what I was doing. And uh, I went out to dinner, and I sat down to dinner. It was 7.30 in Arizona time, and I looked at my phone. I went, I completely forgot Iowa had played. The game was over, right? They played oh, Syracuse. They, that's right. So they I had didn't played catch, Syracuse. I did, and they'd won, and I, had, I hadn't caught it. And people were like, what? I'm like, they beat Syracuse. They went on the road at Syracuse. I don't that's care right. how bad Syracuse is. It's a carrier dome. It's 25,000 people or whatever. 22 announced crowd, right? Allegedly. Uh, well, you know. So, it didn't um, look like that. I, I'm not sure it was. But either way... Um, so I missed the show last week, but uh, we appreciate people helping uh, the last couple of weeks uh, filling in for us, and, and we should be good to go for a while now. Although we may have an, a, a different holiday schedule, I think both you and I have figured out that we're probably going to do uh, not do <laughs> Christmas Day and, and uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. We're going to figure this out maybe well, maybe a day I think, early. I or think the 26th. That makes sense. Day after, yes. Uh, day after Christmas and uh, the day before the Holiday Bowl. The 30th. And then, and then the 30th. And then the right. We decided maybe the 30th. quick emotional comeback on yes. the 30th yes. as opposed to January 2nd. Yeah, I think that might be the best way for us to go. I we'll think take, so. We, yeah. have to, we have to confirm with UNI Basketball, which does follow the huddle here tonight. Tonight, yes. Uh, they're at Colorado. They're going to have the hands full. Colorado is actually, actually quite good. And they're ranked. They're, they're pretty good. Well, we'll see how that all goes. Of course, uh, the big news in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes this week is the Iowa football team headed to the Holiday Bowl, um, which was basically virtually every prediction that every magazine possibly had going magazine? into the Magazine? You uh, mean ma- online? Uh, publications. Whatever. Mag- I was about to say, magazine publication prognostication. Everybody had Iowa going to the Holiday Bowl for a couple of reasons, not just because of what they expected record-wise, but because of the the contract lockouts here and there. It, it basically came down to it was either that or going to, you know, Iowa either had to win 10 or 11 games to go somewhere else on, on a better level, or they were going to win at 7, 8, 9. How many, how, many ga- how many games did Michigan win? They no. uh, 10. 10. So yeah. th- that makes sense for yes. them to go to the Citrus Bowl. It, it does. So and, had and I- beat Iowa head-to-head. Had, so. had Iowa beat Michigan, we would be playing Alabama. 
Had Iowa beaten Wisconsin, had a referee not gotten in the way on the two-point conversion, there's a good possibility Iowa was in the Big Ten Championship last game last, game last week. There's a good chance that uh, I was not in Minneapolis watching the Vikings play. I was in Indianapolis watching Iowa play. There's a good chance that Iowa would have been in uh, possibly one of the New Year's Six Bowls uh, at one more victory. Think about that. I suspect, one yeah, more that, I suspect that that is... Uh, an option. Well, you know, you lose three games by 14 points, and so you, so the Hawks have had a great season. And if you listen to the coaches, I listen to what Phil Parker said. He goes, we've had a good season. Nine wins is not easy. And if you look at who Iowa... Ask Nebraska if it's easy, you, right? If, yeah, exactly. If, and if you look at who Iowa played this year, uh, Miami, Ohio, in the first game of the season. Mac uh, Champs, Mac right? Mac Champs, yep. uh, they're going to the Detroit Bowl. Uh, no, they're not. They're going somewhere else. I always thought the Mac Champ went to that Detroit it Bowl. It was that, but I think they've uh, they've locked in somewhere else. And the and the, uh, the anyway, Detroit Bowl has is happy to take other schools. That's right. You know? So so regardless, uh, they're going bowling. Iowa State obviously going to go uh, to the Camping World Holiday Bowl, according to Hawkeye Heaven. What a doof. <laughs> what a, yeah. Anyway, and so they they have uh, Louisville. Excuse me, Louisville's playing Texas Tech. They have Notre Dame uh, down there in Orlando uh, the day after the Hawks play. So, basically, you can watch the Hawkeyes Friday night, get liquored up, have a great time, enjoy the game. Hopefully, Iowa takes USC to task. And uh, wake up the next morning, grab a Bloody Mary, and watch Iowa State get handled by Notre Dame. And then uh, after that game, I'm driving to Minneapolis because I'm going to the Vikings-Bears the next day at noon. Well, there you have it. So, uh, and, and then I'll be back here on the 30th, the, the day after that game, to do this show. So we, we'll wow. be a full time. It's a busy yeah. schedule this time uh, of year. You know, my, uh, my holiday schedule in football. You know, uh, so Iowa into this one, of course, uh, as we all know, 9-3. and three, Number 16 in the country didn't move. Which is good. I was happy they didn't move this this week. USC is number twenty two. They're eight and four on the year. Their big victory on the year was over Utah. I think I watched five minutes of USC versus I, UCLA. I uh, UCLA I, moved the football on them, scored like thirty five points. Their defense isn't very good. Other than that, that's all I I know. I know they've got a, a quarterback that is thrown. I mean, I've got stuff written down here, but I'm saying from my eye test, I can't tell you what I saw because I barely watched them all. Well, yet. they have a Belichick, likely a Belichick award winner at wide receiver, and they've got uh, explosive playmakers out on the edge. I think the Iowa secondary and the four-two-five uh, cash defense is going to be will be put, well in play, in yes. play, and, and likely put to the test. It uh, doesn't appear that USC is able to run the ball consistently throughout the season. This is keep this in mind. It's a freshman quarterback. It is a yeah. third string quarterback who threw for thirty two hundred yards and twenty eight touchdowns in nine games. Well, there you go. The kid actually can throw. Well, right? There's no so, question. So you don't you don't go to throw. you don't go to USC if you can't play football. Uh, unless you're Todd Marinovich, I mean, but I mean, that's a long well, time ago. That's a whole different. But, no, but he is. He's. You're right. He's a third stringer surprise, and and for as much as uh, USC fans hate their coach, which apparently they do, they really do. Well, hate they him. Ex- they're like Nebraska. They expect to win 11, 12 games a year, or it's not good enough. But uh, apparently, uh, this kid's actually this kid's the real deal. And Iowa's going to have their hands full. It's it's really going to be a something has to give situation. Iowa's defense. You know, uh, one of the top five scoring defenses in the country versus USC's passing attack, which has yielded 50 points and 45 points here and there and, and a bunch of yardage. Uh, Iowa's advantage in this right now, statistically, 
as USC commits a lot of penalties. Uh, they're 124th in the country uh, in penalty yardage, 75 yards a game. And, of course, Iowa, one of the best uh, teams in the country when it comes to penalties, uh, well, despite it, the fact that they probably, uh, Nebraska should have had probably uh, 45 to 50 more yards in penalties in the game minimum. over in Lincoln. Um, I, I, the, the touchdown pass that went, uh, the ha- well, it wasn't a half, it was a wildcat pass, wasn't it? The, the first touchdown pass they threw where they had three guys downfield, uh, three linemen downfield. So they brought in McCaffrey. Right, and he run. And right, and I looked at my brother-in-law. I said, "Your whole line was downfield. He's running the football. That's it. How do you miss it?" And sure enough, later on that day, we're seeing the tweet. They got they got they had three guys who were were four yards downfield. This is why Iowa bit on that play, right? Whatever. Right. Any, anyway, um, it was, I want to get into I want to get into Nebraska here in a minute. Let's finish the thought on the, on USC. I'm sorry. Any, anyway, on, on the Holiday Bowl, um, USC gets penalized a lot. Iowa doesn't, and and. This this hopefully will pay pay dividends because Iowa has gone out to the West Coast and had a really tough time under Kirk Ferentz. Well, yeah, certainly under Kirk, uh, the Hawks have had good success at the Holiday Bowl, eighty six, eighty seven, uh, one point wins, and then tie. Yes, uh, BYU. Which uh, my recollection is Hayden Fry walked over to uh, the number ninety one coach of all time, walked over to Lavelle Edwards, I think rated higher. Um, which I don't totally get, but they, I think they did allegedly win a national championship one year. Robbie Bosco. There you go. Right. And uh, went. he goes, well, that was a big waste of time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And they were buddies, it, uh, as right. I recall. Well, right? I mean, they were certainly, yeah. uh, obviously, of the same era and of the same age. So, nevertheless, so the Hawks have had good success. You know, clearly the Rose Bowl wasn't the way uh, any of us wanted it to be, but Iowa fans wanted to get away from Florida and want to go to San Diego. They have the opportunity. I was talking to a guy at work, and uh, he asked, well, how many Hawkeye fans do you think will go? And I went, that's a really good question. I don't know. I It, it, it is a really good question based on the fact that Iowa, we know Iowa travels well. Do you think 10 well. to 12,000? Yes, at least that. I, I think we're I think we're safe there, right? I think the question is, do you get, because it's it's San Diego, do you get more? But here's the little issue that we've got going on with this game, and it was it was sort of the interesting part about the Red Box Bowl being in play, is this is on the 27th. Right. So I looked at it. Okay. First of all, First of all, the airlines jacked the rates before the game was announced, right? We saw that. I'm sitting in, in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium at 11 o'clock waiting for kickoff the other day, thinking, okay, it's the Holiday Bowl. I know it's going to be announced in three hours. It's the Holiday Bowl. Let's look at the airlines. Six, seven, eight hundred bucks round trip from Des Moines. Right. So then you start thinking, well, okay, well, let's go from somewhere else, right? The best I could find. So if you want to do this, you can leave on Christmas Day from Des Moines. You can fly to Vegas on Christmas Day, and you can drive to San Diego and then leave two days at, or leave the day after the game back in, in Vegas for about three hundred bucks. That was my best. That was the best I could get. Everything else was six or seven hundred dollars, which then becomes cost prohibitive when you want to take three or four people with you. Right. For me, it does, considering I've got other stuff planned and, and right. for the year. Of right? course. So, but um, so it, but we'll see. I think it's a great question to see who's going to spend the money. Were our Iowa fans going to be happy going there? Is that those of us who are watching on TV are just going to be happy to see something different on TV? I don't know, but there's also always the factor of. Iowa fans are everywhere. Well, that's right. right. You've got Southern California Iowa fans. You got Phoenix area. Uh, huge fans. number of people in Phoenix. So, I mean, in Phoenix to San Diego is like a four or five hour drive. Yes. Um, so, you're, it may not everyone may not be coming from, from Iowa, from yes. Iowa, but they'll be coming from around uh, and, and and show up in San Diego at the Murph. 
It is still. It's not the, that Jack Murphy Stadium anymore, but that's what it is. I mean, it's the same place, right? Right. It's right. Just they whatever they call it now. They, they don't play it. I think it's Petco Park. Petco? No, I don't think they Petco. play in the baseball no. field. So it's at the Murph. Um, Dave Senior nearly got arrested there. I believe was, it was '87, where he was trying to sell a ticket like four hours before the game, and an <laughs> undercover policeman said, "You can't scalp tickets." And he went, well, I'm not scalping. I'm just trying to sell this extra one I have for what I paid for it. And the guy goes, you have two choices. You can go in the stadium right now. And not sell this ticket. And not sell this ticket. Or I can take you to jail, which he was the first person in the stadium, (laughs) found his seat, read his program, watched the bands, the warm-up, the punters, and the entire deal. I got a full experience. And he stayed out of prison, which I think, you know, or I guess jail in this case. Jail. Prison uh, too, well, uh, but you know, right? Well, so let, I, I want to step back uh, because you and I were not on the air together last week, and, and as I texted you a couple times, what a, what a terrible week for me to be gone. After I went to Nebraska on Friday, you got about two minutes. So and I experienced. Oh, that's all I've got. Oh, okay. First of all, just general game observations. Uh, Nate Stanley, uh, balls, man. He's. I mean, at the end of the game, don't give me anything. I, he, he threw was, three great passes, darts, and he knew right where he was going. Looked off receivers. Amir Smith-Marset, how can people not be talking? I mean, we were talking about everything else. I heard all the stuff after the game. The guy, he has the end around for the touchdown. He's got the kickoff return. And then he makes an incredible catch that everybody sort of forgets about. Got hit. Got great Was he trying to sell the targeting? You think? I think he, no. I think he got hit. Okay. I think, I and think he, he started to scratch his ear. Yes. I think he got hit. Uh, but but maybe. Either way, what a, what a great job by both, uh, by both of those guys, particularly. And then, of course, uh, Keith Duncan, who uh, on th- Thursday night, I believe, yeah, I will be so. in New York. I think it's New York. Or no, wherever I think they're it's doing in the Orlando. Gro- is it Orlando? Where they're I giving the Gro- – oh, he's at the ESPN thing. It's in, yes. at the Groza, where they're going to give out the Groza Award uh, for the best kicker Which in the country. Which is given this year by Nate Kading, ironically. By Na- Nate Kading. So imagine how that might play out. Well, and the, the Georgia kicker missing two kicks in the SEC title game certainly couldn't have helped this and cause. And people forget, he missed an – Easy kick to beat South Carolina well, in their lone loss to a four-win team. If it, How it, do they, if it, if it wasn't to it? beat him, it was at least to tie him and extend the game, and he missed that. Yeah. Uh, he missed that as well because I believe Georgia had the ball first in overtime. He missed it, and then South Carolina kicked the field goal to win. But regardless, uh, if I th- he wins, it's in this. It's it's SEC and and East Coast bias voting and voting. There's just it, I'm sorry, that's just it could be the nerds who like those glasses that he wears. Oh, there's always that, and the online voting. Nebraska fans were out there voting against Keith Duncan, which was crazy. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. I still have more to say about my experience. That's right. We got Tom Caker coming. Yeah, we got Tom Caker coming up. We'll talk some basketball as well. All coming up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back here. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. here at G-Mix. Does that work a little better when we turn the microphones on? It helps when we turn the microphones on. And uh, it is is stink night down here. Thank you. Thank yes, you, dear. Our fan. <laughs> our fan. <laughs> For the dozens of you listening on the radio right now, that was our fan. That was our fan. Although there is a nice crowd here at G-Mix for Steak Night. We want to thank our other sponsors, Kozlowski Law, with whom Christy had a nice lunch with Kaz's wife. Oh, okay. And, uh, of course, 
Foundry Distillery, which uh, we once again thank Scott Bush for filling in a couple weeks ago while I was gone. And, and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, get our Foundry Distillery last call. A little bit later on. A little bit later yeah, on. By the way, I was pretty close on that rat in the brown. I had 24-21 Iowa. I was off by, I had a three-point victory. I don't even remember you what I said. You you, you, I don't know. Did you say? You weren't I don't, here. I don't know. All right. That was me and Scott Bush. You weren't here. Uh, I'm assuming right now that Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com is on the line with us as he has been for the last 17 years, 16 years. 16 years. Uh, good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. You got to enjoy a nice basketball game last night. Yeah, uh, it's always good when Iowa cuts the uh, point total that they allowed in the previous game in half, and uh, <laughs> that usually increases your uh, um, your opportunity to win the game. So it's good for uh, good for Iowa. What did I see? Where Iowa under Fran is like seventy-five and two. When the other, when the opponents score less than sixty-one, which is is is, is logical in a it, lot of ways. In the Licklider era, they were still <laughs> there. were five hundred in the Licklider era when the other team scored. <laughs> Iowa with a couple of uh, with that victory, seventy-two fifty-two this week, and sixty-eight fifty-four over at Syracuse, which again was a, 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 a still a good win. It's a name name win. The the Michigan game, of course, one hundred three ninety-one. They lost. They gave up a lot of points. But Tom. Uh, Luca Garza, 44 points on Friday night. He was named today the Oscar Robertson National Player of the Week. That's the first time ever an Iowa player has been named the National Player of the Week. And I'll tell you what, I, 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 he's, you're hard-pressed to not think about what this season still has in store for him in terms of uh, what kind of records he may break here at Iowa and, and how he might be viewed around the country. Because he's scoring, he's getting his double-doubles every night now, and they're finding ways to get him involved, and he's just upped his game a whole new level this year. Yeah, I think it's, you, know, you can kind of trace it to two things. One, he's not having to share the, the post space with Tyler Cook, um, who operated down there, so he's kind of the sole focus down there. And two, he came into the season healthy. You remember last year he had the, the cyst removed, the eight nine pound cyst removed from his stomach, and and uh, you know that that certainly set him back a little bit. Um, you know, conditioning wise, he just he's worked on some things, uh, gotten better, um, and I think you're seeing all that uh, that kind of come into focus in the way he's playing right now. Well, there's no question. He's sort of, this is going to sound weird, he's become the Megan Gustafson of the well, Iowa men's basketball th- there game. Is something, there is something similar to his game. One of the things Megan was really good at, and I'm sorry to step in here, Tom, but one of the things that Megan was really good at, she, she'd get the basketball, and she had moves where she she never put the brought the ball down low. She kept it high. She kept it in a spot where she could shoot it. And he's he worked on that all summer and, and uh, spring, Tom, you know, from from the from everything we've heard. And he doesn't bring the ball to a spot where they can block it. And, and it really is apparent he's got more moves than he did before. This is somewhat hard work, aside from the fact that, that, that yeah, he came in healthy this year. Hey, he is one of the hardest working kids just based on – you know things I've heard uh, from various people is he he, just, he worked hard on his craft. Um, 
you know, even when he's not at Iowa, when he's back home with his dad, they, they're in the gym every day working on moves, footwork, those sorts of things. And, and that's, uh, you know, not bringing the ball down thing is, is something you see every game. And he gets those rebounds and he just puts it right back up without bringing the ball down and having to gather. He just gets it back up on the rim. And, uh, and he's really kind of in his zone right now where he's just, everything is going down. There's nothing rolling around the rim and falling off. It's just, uh, it's pretty amazing to watch him uh, go after it right now. So was Iowa's defense last night that much better than it was against Michigan? Because I, I know I tweeted somewhere around halftime, it looks better. Uh, Minnesota had some open shots. You I guys think, missed it, but I, I said Mich- I'm not. Michigan I'm, doesn't, or Minnesota doesn't have the players Michigan Well, has. that's what I said. Or, or, is it that much better, or is Minnesota just that much worse? But it looked better, didn't it? I, I, I think what you saw on Friday night was just a, a team that the gas tank got to empty. And, um, you know, it's just the travel. Two games in Vegas, get home for a day, basically, off to Syracuse, play another game, get back home, and then have to hit the road again and go to Ann Arbor and then back. And um, I, I just think they got fatigued. Um, well, I, I had him out of gas, of too. Yeah, well, I agree. You, you know, Tom, the yeah, interesting I, I'm thing not going to hold it against them. Yeah. Hey, the best Hawkeye team struggle at Michigan, well-rested. And so to expect for your fourth or fifth game or whatever it was in what seemed like seven or eight days, uh, that was a lot to ask well, of the team. And I know, I know Tom probably – I don't think Tom even reads my tweets because he knows he's worried about <laughs> what ledge I'm blocking off. But I was actually – fairly positive on Friday night, aside from the fact that I was out having a good time with my wife uh, it, it, at the Mall of America watching games and we were at Hooters for a little while even. Well, there you but, have it. But aside from that, I actually was fairly positive there tonight because I thought they scored the basketball pretty well against a pretty good well, Michigan team. Well, they scored 91. They had 91 points and, and I was giving them, I was giving them that, that benefit of the, of the doubt of being gassed as well and I, I kind of thought it looked that way. The real question is then, can they turn around just three days now later and go to Ames and I, this is a very beatable Iowa State basketball team, but uh, but they, they've still got to come in with the right kind of emotion and energy, Tom, or they'll, they'll get beat. Yeah, it, this is a game that they can win. Um, this is not a great Iowa State team. I think they're pretty good. I think they have a chance to be even better. But it's not a you know an imposing Iowa State team that can, I don't think, can blow you off the floor unless they shoot it a lot better than um, than they have as far this year, uh, especially from the outside. We shot it better recently, but, I, you know, I, I'm just going to wait and see what the, the Cyclones and see how they how they perform. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, they, you know, there's a chance. Iowa's got to shoot it well from the outside, I think, to win that game and keep – Luca going and keep Luca out of foul trouble. I think they're going to go after Luca on uh, on Thursday night at names. It's probably the main. It's probably the main strategy. Everybody's there's the, the sooner scouting, or later. Sooner or later, the sc- scouting report's going to be we got to pack it in on that guy and hope Iowa doesn't kick or, the ball to or, or on or, or on offense. Go at him to see if we can right. get him in foul right. trouble. Right, we got to get that guy in foul yep. trouble and get him out of the game. And they also know everybody knows he gets a second foul in the first half. He sits down, right? 
So you go at him, go at him early. We'll have to see how that how that develops. I think the other uh, storyline that's developing a little bit, and and David and I, you know, we we over the over the last two years have talked a little bit about Connor McCaffrey dribbling there out of the basketball. We've been critical here and there, but the fact of the matter is, is statistically, suddenly you start looking and. I read, I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but he had, he, he had 14 assists and no turnovers since the Cal Poly game. I mean, he's, played a, a, he's playing a very nice floor game, which is what you're expecting him to do. I know he's trying to score here and there, which is fine, but, but Connor McCaffrey unsung a little bit suddenly now. Well, and I, just before you answer, Tom, I'm okay with Connor taking wide-open threes. Right, I'm good with that too. I mean, But we've been critical of, every, yes. I think of everything else, and I think well, and trust he's me, showing... Last night... I thought he's dribbling again, <laughs> right? And and he made a turnover, right? But at the same time, I thought he's done it. He has done that, a he's good pretty, job. I think Iowa fans need to warm up a little bit to him, including myself. Yeah, he went, uh, and I I looked it up. I put out the stat. He went, um, you know, the he had the turnover at the end of the first half of the Cal Poly game, and then went, um, you know, and I didn't finish it up to where. Uh, but it was before um, the game yesterday. Uh, he had gone a hundred minutes without a turnover, a hundred playing minutes. So anytime you can do that as a point guard, I think that's really, really good. And he, I know he had one last night uh, for sure. I don't know if he had a second one, but in one pass where he thought, I think it was CJ Frederick was going one way and he went the other and all went out of bounds. So, He's, he's uh, played solid. Um, you know, I think some of those times when you're talking about were when they had just had that odd lineup in there in the first half where you just wondered who was going to score and <laughs> he had to throw up a couple of shots and um, just because they were trying to train some clock, I think, and uh, get some guys some rest. Well, uh, uh, they put a, a lineup that really didn't have a lot of offense to it. It really didn't have any. I mean, Joe Toussaint made a nice steal, and, uh, you know, they had a couple opportunities. And I and trust me, last night I watched Toussaint get out of control, and I liked it. I liked his aggressiveness. I know that those are not great possessions, but he's trying to take the ball to the hoop, and he's doing his it's best. It's a speed factor. But, but Everybody how, has to, how, you have to account for that as a defense, right? How, how, many, how many offensive rebounds that can have less than yeah, three? Running run ball down. And, yeah. and whatever. So, I don't know. I, I I would say this. It's seven and three Hawkeye fans, and certainly me. I'm I'm ecstatic where they are right now. they got a, a obviously a big challenge on Thursday night at Hilton. And then we have the big question, of course, is how is Jordan feeling? How is Jordan Bohannon's body feeling? He's not practicing, and I think we kind of saw a little bit. Robbie Hummel made a good point last night. If you're not practicing, those shots are not going to be as rhythmic as you normally are. Do you get a sense which way he's leaning, Tom? Oh, I, I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't shut it down after Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. me too. Tim, Tim Brando let out the thing that um, we kind of heard about that. The other hips now, not not uh, not in great oh, he, shape. So. He favored he favored it and probably end up. Well, and then he yeah. dove last night. Yeah, I saw that. On a ball out of bounds. But you know, like, oh. so here's the question, Tom. So, uh, 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 what's your opinion on this? Because so I think he's uh, what we've seen is number one. Obviously, when if he plays well like he did against Texas Tech, he makes some big shots, right? But 
is he more just right now a calming influence? And the fact of the matter is, is they can probably still win. Can they still be as effective without him? I, I think I, I think it's a question. I mean, would would they be? Are they that much better with him right now that he needs to think about staying on the court, or are they going to be okay enough with what they've got with Toussaint, Frederick, and and Connor playing those guard spots? Well, here, here's the thing that he does every time he walks on the floor. He's still Jordan Bohannon. Right. And yeah. He's, yeah. Still, he's still one of the best three-point shooters or threats to make threes, and everyone knows it, so they have to account for him. So if he's gone for the year, which I think he will shut it down after the Iowa State game, you don't have that anymore. And that's, that's going to be something that they're going to have to adjust to. Defenses will adjust. I, I suspect there's going to be more focus on Luca and um, Joe Wieskamp and then probably C.J. Frederick. And they're going to, the team's going to have to adjust to life without uh, Jordan Bohannon. Now they were able to experience that, but that was against a bad Cal Poly team that they, you know, could have beat probably with, uh, you know, their their uh, uh, backup backups. <laughs> you know, they, that's not a great team, but... Um, they, you know, they've got to, they're going to have to adjust when he's done. Well, I, I think it's, an, I think it's an interesting question because I, I agree. I think, he, and I think he should shut it down, by the way. I think they'll be good next year with him. Well, these guys are all going to get better. If you look at if Wieskamp comes back, he'll be a junior. Luca's senior. They're not going, and they're not going pro. If they are, they're only going to Europe. That's not a good idea. So, all right. right. Hey, Tom, thanks for uh, checking in. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. uh, Hopefully, after uh, Iowa has uh, solidified the Cyhawk Cyhawk series for the year. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. All All right, Tom. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Um, you know, normally we'd be talking about football signing, early signing period, David. Everybody it's, it's knows. A for, it's a foregone conclusion, right? It's like two days from now, and it's a foregone conclusion. There's nothing exciting that ever happens in recruiting anymore, other than during the recruiting process. Well, and, and maybe the last day in February, you know, it's the second signing day in February, there's a surprise here and there, right? Maybe. We'll see how that works. But right now, it's all pretty much. A lot of Valley High School kids getting preferred walk ons. Yeah, and a uh, here and there. Yes, it's uh, true. Even John Mahoney. Yeah. Yep, isn't that Remember, fun? It is fun. That is fun. Well, I'll tell you this about the Iowa, uh, the Iowa class right now. Right now, it's like twenty-five, twenty-six. But the number of points they've got according to rivals, if you, they just finished there last year, they would have been in the thirties. So they'll probably be in the thirties, and that's pretty good for for a Kirk Ferentz. It's just a really solid class with a couple of, of guys. I mean, it's a very very solid class. So uh, that'll be good. Um, I, I I agree. I think Jordan Brandon not only will will, but I think he should shut it down. I still think this team has the potential to let those guys play into their roles and be okay. And this after watching that default debacle, we'll see. All right, we'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle, seventeen hundred, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on seventeen hundred, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. here at G-Migs in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. A couple more minutes with us. You want to come down and say hi? No problem. We'd appreciate saying uh, Steak saying night. You. Steak night here. I'm just recounting as to how my wife and I ended up at a Hooters at the Mall of America on Friday night. Let's leave it at that. What is, we did not eat. We no, did, we just didn't leave eat. it at that. All right, okay. 
Just leave it at that. She was good about it. But before we go on, I th- I, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that our old friend Marty Terrell is going to do some time. And you want to talk about that? Well, just briefly. Marty gave us our first shot. I have we paid him for it. We paid him. But he, he paid but us. But he did put us on the air. And yes, he put he, us on the air. And I had been on the air with him half, almost for free for a long time. And so yes. I, and he always said it was his favorite hour of the week, and that was because he did always say that didn't because he? he never had to work. He made money without working. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So, but nevertheless, uh, Marty got caught up in his own misgivings, and he's going to do some time. And but I still hold no ill will towards the man. No, and uh, it, it, he's got a problem. Yeah, and hopefully during his time away from everyone else, the bottle and a few other things that'll turn around. And I, I think that yeah, I think you're nailing a few things that, that people, people just people so can, everybody right, knows in yes, Des Moines, they can. Yes. There would not be sports radio in Des Moines right now. We're not if we're, it weren't for. Well, I'm not sure that that's true, but he did start it. He started. I mean, sports it might radio have happened in, sooner or later, but he did pioneer all this. There's no question. There's no question. He was out ahead of the curve. 1995 he brought, yes. brought sports radio to Des Moines. Hey, listen, I was overdoing Des Moines Menace stuff with right. him at uh, Victor Sports Club with him and Tim, Tim Edwards in the afternoons back when they first came on the air in the 1990s. And, and so, yeah, listen. Um, anyway, people, I just want, people, I just want I to agree, mention I that. I agree. There are people you run into in life, and you, you, you never know what might happen. But uh, it, it, it's too bad. But at the same time, you're right. Maybe the man's problems sort of clear up with a little clarity. Well, right? He's going to have a lot of time we, to think we about we got it. stories that we are not going to talk about That's here. That's for sure. Right. So, anyway. A uh, couple of things. Hawkeye women in uh, basketball up to 6-2 and two now after beating Clemson 74-60 in the Big Ten AC Challenge. They've got Iowa State on Wednesday night, so that's on FS1 as well, by the way. Also you can in Ames? Also, uh, no, in Iowa City. Oh, um, they do. I didn't know. I, th- I thought they went. I thought they did, too, but I read it on the website today well, as being in Iowa City. Whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought they did that, too. I thought They'll they went play the same. But I was beating them three times in a row. Iowa currently leads the Cyhawks series seven to six. By the way, for the year, this is the week where it all turns one way or the other, right? Well, so, we already so, run. We won the wrestling, right? Right. So, um, Iowa women's basketball into this one at six. Speaking and two. of wrestling, number one in the country. Well, I'm about to get to wrestling. Well, move on. Six and two for the women's team right now. Iowa State six and one. So that'll be a good matchup. Check them out seven p.m. on uh, FS1 on Wednesday night. Of course, the men on uh, on Thursday night. Wrestling, they were at Princeton this last weekend. Number 12, Princeton. And they won at 30-9. to uh, uh, Spencer Lee did not wrestle, so they uh, they lost the 125-pound match. Uh, and then after that, uh, only Nelson Brands went down. Uh, and, and so my wrestling insiders. Yes. But, yeah, number one in the country. Have explained to me that Nelson Brands is just not big enough oh. to wrestle at this weight. They need to, they need to wait till he's got his face down low. <laughs> or maybe he won't, but... No, what they need to do is get Wilkie pull his head out of his proverbial buttocks and uh, get back into wrestling the way that he does. Apparently, Wilkie likes party a little. Well, we know some people who like to do that I'm well. not opposed not to it. I'm just saying I'm not a collegiate wrestler right, either. Right. I am currently out of... We, we have some, I have some good friends that I'm were out part of, of that eligibility. Program, and the reason they, they ended their eligibility was... This, that I've al- I will also say this. Uh, Coach Tom Brands loves uh, Connor Corbin. 
Oh, loves him. Yeah. Oh, who wouldn't? 4-0 student. Who wouldn't? A 4-0 student from West Des Moines Valley. Busts his butt every day in the wrestling and is, room. is the one who standing on the football field this year for their little introductions. He has his sleeves rolled up to his neck. Right. You know, so you can you can see his pipes. Connor Corbin played played a little uh, little football and baseball for me back when they were here, you know, and they're like good family. He and, he and uh, Maddie and Andrew were good buddies they when were, they were about like seven, eight, nine years oh, old. Back in, back in the day when they were young. Uh, by the way, the Penn State meet sold out, and Iowa has sold out their allotment of season tickets for wrestling. 7,715 tickets, a record now for the no University kidding. of Iowa. Sold out. Well, it was a great schedule. I mean, well, yeah, the top they're, seven they're teams yes. were all coming they're to Iowa City. They're all coming to Harbor, and Iowa is, is clearly the, the number one team in the country right now. I think everybody's ranked. I uh, think I think that's their, right. All their top rank, uh, top wrestlers are ranked. So, uh, real quickly back to uh, back to football. How, how are we doing on time? All right, back to football. I'm going to give you the little. You got little, six like, minutes. Well, we're going to have to switch to basketball again because it's coming okay. up. But but back to football. So in Nebraska, let me first set the stage of the fact that, th- that we had a good tailgating experience, not because of Nebraska fans, but because I had new enough Iowa fans. Were you in the parking lot or were you at the bars? I was, I was in the parking lot. I was headed to the bars and I saw my buddy Kevin Ellis, who L- lives right? here, and I've known since junior high. Uh, he had moved from Lincoln to Cedar Rapids when I was a kid. I forgot he was there, and he is in a parking lot and says, "Hey, we got a party. Come on over." And I'm like, "Cool, perfect. I don't have to pay for anything. Open I bar, can, I can open, come, I can full come in. open bar. So craft they had they beers. had free food, craft beer." And you didn't have and, to pay for anything. And, 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 and gin and tonic and a bloody mirror, too. And, and they're pals. Yes. And we're and on top of regular that, pals. On top of that, there was a porta potty right there that was for a tailgate only. But I went up to the security guard and I said, can I just... And she's like, she opens her coat. And she's wearing an Iowa shirt underneath. And she's yeah, go on in. No, I won't tell anybody. So anyway, it was great. However, well, that's so that's not what I was expecting when she opened right, her coat. Exactly. So that's number one. Number two... When I bought tickets, everything was super expensive, so I ended up buying club seats. I didn't know they were club seats, so I was sitting with people who go to every Nebraska game. And you were you were in clearly in the uh, diehard area. Yes, very much so. Probably not a great place to be cheering yeah. loudly. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Here's what it came down to. So my wife likes if to If you're in the 500 section, yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, well, here's the deal. If you sit around me next in in a in a ball game, Which you know, I like have. The, like the Minnesota guy that sat next to us when we went right, we, right. I will chat with you, and you may not like the everything I say because I you don't may like everything you say, and right. I sit next to you, right. <laughs> but you, but it's, we had a good time. So there were Nebraska fans right around us. We had a great time talking to them about the game, disagreeing here, agreeing there, uh, loving college football. It's the people who sit. Four, five, ten, fifteen seats away, who can hear you screaming when your team scores a touchdown? Those are the ones that get annoyed. And apparently, I and Andrew Ridge, who is one of the quieter kids on the face of the earth, annoyed several Nebraska fans. Right? I had one come at me after the game from two—I'm not kidding you—two sections over. And this guy was uh, was a good 350 pounds, and he comes at me, and my brother-in-law, step, who's a Nebraska fan, steps in front of him. And three other Nebraska fans who had been sitting down and to our right tackled this dude because he's coming at me. He's a, he's he says he, he literally. I turn around and he says, "I f the Iowa Hawkeyes, screw you guys. When we do Evan beat you guys, I'm going to shove this fist so far up your. This is all out loud. 
and he's coming at me, and they tackled him. And he got up, and he looked at me, and I said, thanks. You go enjoy your holidays at home watching everybody else play football. <laughs> We're going to leave right now. So then I turn around, and a- there's a kid that's been a, a kid, a- 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 maybe an 18 to 20-year-old down below, 15 rows down, right, who's been turning around giving it to Andrew the whole game, right, arguing back and forth. Right. He flips us the 21-gun salute. Two, okay. b- two birds, right? My response, my response to him, I feel good about my responses. My response to him was, no, 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 two doesn't do it. It's been five in a row. You need to hold up a five on your hand. It's been five in a row. Anyway, we... Just, we, just so you know, all our faithful listeners, he's been waiting two weeks to tell me this story. It's, it's been... It was, it was really fun. Um, most of the fans are really good. Several of them, though, they are really... So several hey. of them really do hate Scott Frost. There are, the, the, there are people that love him, but many of them that I talk to are like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't see it. I don't You're get it. You're kidding me. No. And, and, they I was are in the cl- clearly the silent minority. Yeah, I was standing in the club level uh, inside after I'd gone to get a, a refreshment. By the way, they don't sell beer in their club level. Uh, I'd gone to get a refreshment. One of the guys was like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't. I just don't see what he's doing. Well, and here's you what you I to keep this in mind, Brad. He inherited these people. Right. Here's you know? There's a lot of grandkids around here who inherited a lot of money. I don't think they're bitching. I'm going to leave it at this. I want. I I think now, after watching this for two years, I, he's Lovey Smith to me. They may win six games. They may win seven games. But I want that guy to remain the coach at Nebraska for as long as he possibly can because he truly believes that it's more about him. And, he truly believes it's more about him and his system than it is about the kids. And that's when guys are fair to Midland coaches at big-time programs when they believe it's more about them than it is about the kids. And he says that st- Steve Alford. He is Steve Alford to a T. It's love more it. about him and less about the kids, right? Uh, and, all right. So, anyway. Thanks for, your, so, now thanks for sharing that. No, back. wait. Yes. It's time for our Founder Distillery last call. Which brings us back to basketball. There you go. Right. Founder Distillery. Is it time for that already? Did I, I think take so. Six minutes? All right. Um, you can go first? No. Sure, why not? So last week when you weren't here, Bruce and I talked about the, this tough four-game stretch that the Hawks have. When do we play Cincinnati? We got a week, uh, Saturday, the 21st. Okay, so after the Iowa State game, they get like eight days off. Yes, All right. finals week. So at that time, I said, I think Iowa goes two and two. We were watching the Syracuse game as it was happening. We, they got one. We predicted that. Bruce went three and one. Thinks I was going to beat Iowa State. I said two and two. I'm going to stick with that. I think Hilton Magic is a problem. Fran hasn't won there. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's probably the best player on the court, and I think the Hawks are going to struggle and lose, and they're going to lose a close game, like seventy five, seventy two. And I think, unfortunately, I think it's hard to see them not being worn out still, right? I just, I just do. But here's the thing. Did you watch Seton Hall, Iowa State the other night? No. Set basketball back 100 years. It's okay. It well, no, no, they no. They may have been shooting Drake Drake in 1985. So here's the only, there you go. Only reason I'm giving Iowa the victory, and I am on Thursday night, I think Iowa State's challenged. If they start shooting the ball, basketball poorly, they're challenged. Iowa's defense can actually stick with them. They'll win this game. Five-point win on the road. Iowa gets it done. We'll talk to you next week right here in the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700. The Champ.